Welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. And this week we are discussing The Good Place. Uh, the Good Place was created by Michael Schur and began airing last year and stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It takes place in a heaven-like environment, The Good Place. So Kristen Bell's character, Eleanor, has died and kind of wakes up and she is in The Good Place and Ted Danson's character is the architect of this neighborhood for The, for, um, the Good Place. Each neighborhood has like 232 people, I think, or something like that. And it's kind of paradise based on everybody's preferences and kind of that sort of thing and they're each matched with a soulmate and Eleanor's soulmate is Chidi. It's revealed in the first episode that something has happened and Eleanor really doesn't belong there. So that's kind of the premise and what kicks off the show and I um, watched the show last year because for the first time because uh, Mike Schur he also created Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he worked on The Office. And so he has a very good track record with me, so I'm kind of on board for anything that he does. And then at the same time, Kristen Bell is one of my favorite people on Earth, so I'm kind of down for whatever she does. Mm-hmm. So there was no way I wasn't checking this show out. And I did, and I fell in love with it. And as I watch it more and more, I just fall more and more in love with it. So I knew Elizabeth had watched it, but I wanted to see what Janelle thought of it. And so I made them both watch it. So I want to get Janelle's thoughts first. I really enjoyed this show. There's a couple like little logical things that kind of bother me with a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like it's a really good comedy that is mostly comedic. But then when it does touch on kind of sadder or darker things... It does it in a way that doesn't bog you down, but you do kind of feel for the characters involved. So I think it's a really clever premise. I'm not going to call it a, cr- a clever comedy. It's just a, a clever story. Like, it's it's done very well, I think. Awesome. Elizabeth? So, you know, this is my second time watching it. And, like, this week I've just been in a good place show hole. Like, I've just been loving it and re-watching it. So I'm so excited to talk about it with you guys today. Fantastic. The more I watch the show, the more I love the show. And I feel like it was great in the first season. I feel like it's hitting its stride in the second season. So I don't even really know where to kick this off. So any any other thoughts to get us going in places? I actually, I have a screenshot that I took from like the first two minutes of the first episode where they're explaining how you get into the good place. It's basically, like, a really numberized version of karma. So you, like, literally are on a point system. You get negative points for doing bad things and get positive points for doing good things. And they're, like, all decimal points. And it, the worse the thing or the better the thing, like, the the more or less points you get. And I, <laughs> I had to pause where they're explaining it because it's just... Ted Danson in a white void that starts filling up with all these red and and green words with number values next to them. And I had to take a screenshot of it because it's cracking me up reading over this. I love that part, yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's like, (laughs) it's got legitimate things on there like, and slavery plus 814,292.09 points. Commit genocide 
minus 433,239.37 points. But then it's got, like, <laughs> it's got ridiculous stuff, like blowing your nose by pressing one nostril down and exhaling is minus 1.44 points. Yeah. While scratching your elbow is plus 1.31 points. <laughs> I love the one that's staying loyal to the Cleveland Browns is, like, yeah. plus points, like, and stuff like that. It's so funny. <laughs> Asking a woman to smile, negative points. Negative points. Thank you, yes. <laughs> yes, but my thing is, revving a motorcycle, it, it makes you lose even more points than telling a woman to smile. But there was something that was, oh yeah, overstating your personal connection to a tragedy that n- has nothing to do with you is worth less points. So it, it just cracks me up, like, how they thought of this <laughs> yes yeah like I right wanna know, i want to know the discussion behind this or was it just like random numbers this is the brain of mike sure like <laughs> i have heard them kind of that i think was the premise of of this whole show and like this is some of his pet peeves coming through i'm pretty <laughs> sure so he has a pet peeve about failing to disclose camel illnesses when selling a camel oh yeah <laughs> I'm, I mean, maybe, like, I don't know on that particular one, but I, I think he, he's mentioned this concept before to people or whatever, and so this was just it, it coming to fruition. <laughs> I think it's really smart, the, the show, kind of based on this different things, and the way that through Michael, we have this other world, worldly being, and he's able to say things, and they're able to comment on humanity in general, and in ways that you couldn't if all of your characters were humans. There's some pretty, like, on-point commentary, I think, but it happens so fast and happens in jokes that you can miss it. And, like, as I was rewatching, like, things were jumping out, and I'm like, oh, that's really good. But I didn't write it down, so I couldn't even begin to tell you because they're just such on-point jokes, and they say something about our society, and then they move on. Yes, yeah. And so... Did you all notice that? What do you all think of that? I noticed it less through Michael and more through Eleanor, um, Kristen Bell's character. Just because she does, like, every quintessential douchebag thing that you can think of. It's, she doesn't do anything terrible, but she fits what we think as a society is, like, just crappy about people. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. But I didn't think about it so much with Michael. I more just thought he was a lot of fun to kind of see things through a more innocent person's eyes in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like, especially one episode where I noticed it happening through Michael is where Eleanor is trying to help him and not help him at the same time. Mm. So she's trying to distract him and just have him focus on fun. And so there's sometimes in that episode, he's like, humans are so great because they blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of, and it's a huge slam on <laughs> humanity in general but it's presented in like this nice lovely way or whatever um I think that episode is one of the one of the episodes I really noticed it in is just kind of sometimes Michael will make blank statements about humanity or Mm -hmm. or humans and why he loves humans or whatever but it's kind of like you know like humans just distract themselves completely to utter oblivion with fun yeah I really like some of the Uh, observations that Michael makes about humanity, like frozen yogurt. It's so human to take something that's good, make it slightly less good so that you can have 
more of it. Something yes, like that. exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you all have um, a favorite character? Yeah. <laughs> I hope I know which one is your favorite character. Tell us which who, one who you do, No, who do you think? Jason. Who do you think, Kim? Yeah, I would probably say Jason. No, Janet. <laughs> oh, Janet. Okay. Janet Though is great. Jason, Jason is like a super close runner-up. Because he's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Jason kind of confounds me in a way, and yet not at the same time. Because he doesn't seem like he was a bad person. He seems like he was too stupid to be bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind I of mean, feel... he was a drug dealer. He did set someone's boat on fire. Did he didn't talk? sell actual drugs, though, was the thing. He oh, sold yeah. fake drugs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean... He doesn't seem to, like, grasp at all that this is, like, a bad thing. He just kind of, like, does it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. He just feels different than Eleanor, in a way. Like, Eleanor mm-hmm. feels like she has to defend herself all the time, which kind of makes it seem more like she knows it's wrong. Whereas Jason just kind of does right. what he does. He does, like, duck and hide when he goes to, like, throwing the Molotov cocktail into Acid Cat's boat. I don't know. He just feels different. So I think this might raise a good point, too stupidity does not get you out of being a bad person because he's still, he's not a good person. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. stupid. He doesn't understand what he's doing, but he's still not a good person. Yeah. So I think like, that's almost a comment on that too, you know, like, because he is oblivious to a lot of what is going on and Mm -hmm. whatever. But at the end of the day, he's still doing things that are not right. And also like that his actions still have consequences for other people. Oh man. It's so hard to choose a favorite character. Especially since I really love Eleanor, but I also really love Jason. This just came to me. I kind of see Jason as this, like, puppy with bad manners or, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) hasn't been trained. Like, he just kind of, like, goes around obliviously doing whatever he wants, not really realizing that his actions have consequences. But that doesn't erase the fact that his actions have consequences. Right. But at the same time... I, I just can't remember if we find out how Jason died yet or not. We do not find out how Jason dies. That's one thing I was trying to keep note of is like some of the big yeah. kind of some of the big reveals or whatever and how we we don't find out how he died. Okay. We found out how Cheaty died and that was in the last episode we watched. Oh, che- and okay. And his, his indecision led to him standing <laughs> and getting smashed over the head with a falling uh, window air conditioning unit. Mm-hmm. And we found out how Eleanor died. We found out how she dies, I think, in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which, how how they, how our four main characters, kind of four main people who are in heaven and we follow, how they die, because by now, everybody has been revealed in what we're, where we are mm-hmm. up to date life. And it's all ridiculous every single way that they die. And it's fantastic. Well, one of them breaks my heart a little. Just a little. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, my poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope you get to that part, Janelle. Okay. <laughs> we haven't learned about Tahani's yet. We only know about... No. Yeah. Okay, I thought Kim said that we knew about all of them except for Jason. Oh, she's meaning live, like uh, the second season. All the way up gotcha. to date. Like, we just found out, and like, I think two episodes ago how Tahani died. Gotcha. Yeah, my favorite, I see, I don't know on my favorite either because I 
I mean, like, I love anything that Kristen Bell does, and I will mm-hmm. just sit there and watch her, and, like, so, um, and I find her adorable as Eleanor, and, like, and and this brings me to another question in a minute, but, like, because you can see her growing, and she's so likable that she can pull off this character that is a horrible person, but yet you're still rooting for her. Yeah. Not so much rooting for her when she was a horrible person on Earth because she was a horrible person on Earth. Mm -hmm. But in The Good Place, you are rooting for her to kind of overcome and learn how to be a better person. So Eleanor is one of my favorites, but I also really love Michael. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he cracks me up whenever he's like having breakdowns and whatever. Like Ted Danson just does a fantastic job. Yes, he does, Kim. I also love Janet a lot and like the more and the Janet just grows on me and grows on me mm-hmm. so side note from this though but Jason so Jason is normally a character that I probably would kind of be able to take or leave yeah. and like less is more for me Jason he's not one of my favorite characters but I definitely like Jason as a character there's really nobody in your ma- in the main group that I don't like as a character and feel like less is more I mean mm-hmm. obviously I always want to see more Eleanor and more Michael and more Janet but I think that speaks something to this character of Jason because normally kind of the dumb puppy dogs I'm like okay let's go on but Jason is very entertaining to watch mm-hmm. I really like that or I really think they did a good job with that I also I mean I know you've already said it but I do love all the characters and Tahani is someone that has really grown on me she wasn't my favorite in the beginning but uh-huh. uh, I've really come to just really love Tahani and also Chidi. And I love Chidi and Eleanor's dynamic and the way they go mm-hmm. back and forth with each other. I just really enjoy it. I, I really, I don't know if I had to rank the top four, I think I probably like Jason, Chidi, Eleanor, Tahani in that order Uh, i mean eleanor is really cute but like if you're looking at both sides of her her earth side like i don't think she's charismatic enough for me to get to enjoy the douchebaggy side of her on earth like she's not funny to me at all in that time so it makes me hard to really care oh i think she's funny in that time (laughs) i agree kim i think she's so funny in that time yeah she's too stereotypical for me in a way and it bugs me like the only thing that stood out to me was when she they do the high school flashback and she's just like, all of you nerds, leave me alone. I don't mm-hmm. care. You all equally suck. I want to be by myself. <laughs> that, I thought that was really cool and kind of unique. But, like, the rest of the time, it's just like, how much of a gross dude can we make her be? Like, in all the flashbacks. And it kind of bothers me. Tahani, like, she's just kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. Until we see her her backstory, and then I, like, really respect her and en- enjoy that. Because I feel like yeah. we can all kind of relate yeah. to being, like, looked over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she's still just not that excited to me. Mm-hmm. Chidi, though, I feel his frustration. <laughs> I, I, I love his little quips back to Eleanor, like, when she does something to annoy him or whatever, or if he knows that she's going to go do something stupid, just how he responds to her, like, cracks me up. But then the fact that he he is duty-bound to help her, but also seems like he genuinely wants to help her in general. It's not just mm-hmm. a guilt trip for him. Yeah, I think that he, they, they are slowly becoming friends. Sometimes they seem a little, like, enemies, but... Um, I really enjoy their friendship. 
Not that I enjoy to see him suffer, but I really do enjoy when Michael breaks out his hoodie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love all his friends' references. Yes. I know, that was so great. I noticed this because I'm an other otherworldly <laughs> being or whatever, but they couldn't have afforded that. How did they afford that apartment? Like, I, that's not exactly what he said, but that's the jest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, everybody, everybody recognized that, Michael. <laughs> yeah, see, I love when Michael is breaking down. I find it amusing and fantastic. And yes. Want more of it. So this was one of my one of my directions I wanted to go is. Do you think this show would be as successful or would you like it um, as much if somebody else was in the Eleanor role or the Michael role? Hmm. Like, do you think anybody else could have pulled off these characters, basically? I don't know that you could with somebody else from Michael because there's something really cool about the fact that they've chosen an older white-haired guy to kind of be the innocent guy that's also supposed to be like you know the word of wisdom for everybody it's he's got a really mm-hmm. cool kind of complex role and i think that his appearance plays a lot into why it's it's so cool and then also just the fact that he's just really good at acting like this yeah he can do you know sitcom intense really well i mean i wouldn't put him in daredevil or anything but like he can he can do intense pretty well and he can do gleeful and scared and everything really well in that package for that role and I really love it Eleanor I'm not sure I haven't I'd have to think on that for a while yeah I don't think that I just love Kristen Stewart so no oh my gosh I'm so sorry no (laughs) I'm so sorry I love Kristen Bell so much I just don't want to see anyone else in the role besides her I think she does such a good job and I can't think of anyone else I would want to do Ted Danson's role. Like, I can't think of another actor who'd be like, oh, they'd be good. I don't know. Yeah, for me, I don't think anybody else could play the role of Eleanor, and I wouldn't like it as much. Mm -hmm. Because, one, I think Kristen Bell does a fantastic job with it. I'm also very biased. Like, I would watch her read a phone book. You know, so for me, she's one of the few people that I just love so much. I can even love her when she's being a douchebag, horrible person. Mm-hmm. Especially then seeing on on the other side of, of her life, her, her trying to improve and change the douchebagginess. So for me, like, I don't... I, I would not like this show as much if she was not the main character, I don't think. But I completely admit that I am biased. And mm-hmm. when it comes to Kristen Bell, I can't give an unbiased opinion. I just can't. Yeah. I also wouldn't want to see anybody else in the role as Michael either. I think Ted Danson does a fantastic job with it and, and is able to, to do stuff. And again, because he has like that like ability and a way to, to kind of be naive in some ways, but also very wise, like... Yes, he he pulls it off um, in ways that I don't don't think other actors could and don't really want to see other actors do mm-hmm. for this role because he just does such a fantastic job. And I think with Christian Bell, it's so hard to say that I could see someone else in the role because I've already seen her in the role. Like, right. If there was a universe where I there was someone else playing the role and Kristen Bell was never an option, I sincerely don't know what my opinion would be well and one thing like as I was watching like when I watch this and this is for me like for people who I 
came to know as an actor or actress from a role that then they very much become associated with that role. Mm-hmm. So for Kristen Bell, it's obviously Veronica Mars. Yeah. Like, but when I watch her in other things, like I don't see Veronica Mars. When I watch this, I don't. I'm not thinking about her as Veronica Mars. I'm thinking about her as Eleanor. And that yeah. just there's there's some people who it takes. Sometimes I cannot get them out of the role that I knew them in from to begin with, or it takes a while. Like Lauren Graham is somebody who I love her as Lorelai, and I love her as Sarah on Parenthood. But when, especially while Gilmore Girls was going on, and like if I would watch her in other movies, sometimes all I saw was Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Like I just, she very much presented in the same way she presented as Lorelai. But so, but Kristen Bell, like, I just, she envelopes the characters very well, and she envelopes Eleanor really well, and I'm not sitting there thinking about Veronica Mars and how she should be making out with Logan, which is very good, because when I'm watching Veronica Mars, that's what I'm thinking. Um, (laughs) But I'm thinking about Eleanor when I watch The Good Place, and how I love her friendship with Chidi, Mm -hmm. and how she's awesome, and whatever, as Eleanor. Okay, so another thing, when we were talking about, like, favorite characters, and we were talking about Janet... I think the show, because of how the show is set up, and it's set up in this um, heaven, the the good place, that they're able to sometimes have like these running gags for like one show, um, and I we see this a lot with Janet, where Janet kind of envelopes something within that episode, like the episode where <laughs> Michael is trying to get her to be a little more cool at first, and it just goes way too much and then so he tries to get her instead of saying cool phrases he tries to get her to do fun facts which has a fantastic fun fact (laughs) just cracks me up and is another time where they just kind of introduce this social commentary that is just in this one second and then you move on and it's fantastic and it's in this great joke where Janet is saying random fun fact Chidi mentions Columbus and she just interrupts and goes Fun fact, Columbus is in a bad place because of all the raping, slave trade, and genocide. <laughs> and then we just move on. And it's so fantastic. And and then, but in that episode, then, then he tells her to be friendlier. And so he, she goes from friendly to overt sexuality, I believe is how Michael Ward is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But just kind of the way the show can almost reset itself sometimes, like for each episode. Like, and... And because they're dealing with whatever and then they're able to kind of have this running joke through one episode where a lot of times you'll you'll see running jokes throughout like series and stuff. But you're able to kind of do that in a smaller way with episodes. Did you all pick up on that? Did you what do you think about that? I know one that I really love that it's not but it's not in one episode. It continues kind of like it continues into season two. Jason just has this habit with, like, using words the wrong way, like, misunderstanding. Like, he said that Acid Cat is suing him for bleach of contract instead of breach of contract. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's so stupid, but I love it so much. Or uh, when he tells Eleanor that he's going to show her his butthole, but, you know, it sounds like butthole. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, it's kind of messy right now. And then later on in that same episode... We see Chidi come into his butthole, and he's like, oh, butthole. Like, they didn't have to show the conversation that we know happened, the same conversation that, uh-huh. uh, interaction that Jason had with Eleanor, he obviously had with Chidi. We just cut to Chidi's reaction. 
Like, oh, but... Right. Or, like, how he thought Chidi was going to teach him ethnics. <laughs> he keeps saying <laughs> ethnics. He does, never gets it right. I think it, it makes sense, though, within the concept, or in the context of the show, even if we were going for something super realistic. Like, we've all known people who say things wrong like Jason does. And we know people who have to bother us with trivial knowledge all the time, aka me. So it's funny, but like for all those things to exist at once is kind of like absurd. But I think the funny thing about the show is it feels acceptable because like you said, the whole show is kind of absurd. And I think the characters in the show even if they were self-aware of, like, all this being weird coexisting, I think mm-hmm. they would probably dismiss it as well, just because it's like, there's life after death, and we're in a really good place, and it's not working, though, like, it's not paradise. Okay, that's more important. <laughs> that's a bigger fish to fry, and everything else can just make sense in its own little bit. Adam telling the order- uh, Adam, that's not his name in the show, um... What's his name in the show? Trevor? Is this Trevor? Oh my gosh, I love Trevor. Yeah, and him telling Eleanor to smile, like, oh crap, does that happen in the first ten episodes? Yes, it does, it does. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I love that it's something that's in the bad place. Like, I wish we could eradicate that behavior completely. (laughs) Right? He just, he plays such a great, like, sleazy, horrible person. He really does. Mm -hmm. Like, Adam Scott, like, does such a fantastic job with that. Yeah, I was very surprised that he could do that good of a job. Like, I figured it would come off as cheesy or something. But, like, he feels legitimately like somebody who could be sleazy. But the thing is, though, like, it's crazy that he's clever, too. With the whole thing um, where he tells Eleanor, he's like, Don't get me wrong. Like, if we take you to the bad place, you're gonna be miserable. But you're gonna be so much much happier than you are here because you'll know that it's where you belong. Like, the way that he manipulates that whole situation is mm-hmm. really clever. It is very clever. I almost find myself agreeing with him. Like, oh, yeah, no, wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, how could he get into her head? But then it's like the whole situation was really set up for him to get into her head. Like, everybody's all of a sudden calling her the fake Eleanor, which mm-hmm. is, like, a horrible blow to somebody's self-esteem. And then you've got this guy just being a jerk over here, but, like, he's saying things that, like, she would have said when she were alive, and her just generally being the third wheel the whole time. So Mm -hmm. it's, the whole situation is, like, clever, and it made me uncomfortable because it was so clever. Yeah, I, I wish we'd be able to see more of him. Anyways, um, he's in one more episode in season one, but that's all we, Sean has been mentioned, right? Sean has been mentioned, yeah, that they're they're calling him, but we haven't seen him yet. I love the actor who plays Sean. Love him. Should um, I let it be a surprise, or can I ask? You're not. You probably don't know who he is. Actually, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's like he's done bit parts, and he shows up a lot in Mike Sure comedies. For one thing, he was uh, John Ralphio's father's lawyer in Parks and Rec. Um, oh, okay. And then he also is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He plays Captain Holt's husband. Oh, yeah. So, and he, I grew, I grew to love him from Thrilling Adventure Hour, a podcast that I listened to. He plays Sparks Nevada. Like, so he might be familiar, like, if you saw him, but Mark Evan Jackson, that's who it is. That name sounds familiar. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen him in in multiple like things. Like he's a he's a right. He has like little bit parts in a lot of things, and he's adorable. <laughs> and but but he definitely like I don't think he was ever in the office, but shows that Mike sure has created and show ran. He he appears in he appears in uh, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then now The Good Place. So I adore him, and so you'll see him in a few episodes. So Elizabeth doesn't get to talk during this part. Janelle like. What do you, so what do you think is going to happen kind of in like the rest of the season and season two, maybe like we've got Eleanor who doesn't belong in the good place. It's known. They're kind of deciding whether or not she should stay in the good place. We have the real Eleanor that was down in the bad place. Like what do you, where do you see this going? Like, do you have any guesses what's going to happen for the rest of the season? Well, I already looked at a couple episode descriptions because I knew I was going to keep watching. So I know that, like, there's (sighs) something about the middle place and that she's possibly going to go there. That's never been what has more been my concern, though. I've been more curious to find out why both of them are there, why both Jason and Eleanor are there. Mm -hmm. Because it seems odd that there would be two mistakes to me, in a way. Yeah. So my theory from the beginning was that Eleanor wasn't actually a mistake. It was that she was put there on purpose as a way to test Michael. But since we figured out what the mix-up was with her, I'm wondering if that's what's up with Jason. I also kind of figure, for a while I was thinking that Janet might actually be like Michael's boss or something in disguise. Because it seemed really weird to me that she could have like full confidentiality and not ever tell everybody Mm -hmm. not ever tell Michael things so I wondered if that was part of it but now I'm also wondering I mean we haven't really seen Jason do anything bad to disrupt the world but it's strange to me that Eleanor is the only one who really affects the world when something bad happens so that almost makes me think that maybe he is the boss or whatever but we see his life in flashbacks so I don't know like I'm I'm just basically I have no idea um, yeah, and I would recommend not looking up anything else. I recommend right after this podcast is over, you just watch everything that's available. <laughs> well, I had planned on it. That's the thing. I watched two episodes. Oh, and two... text us your feelings and all your reactions. Okay. Can you guys not hear me? Oh, I can. Yeah, I'm just talking over you. <laughs> I'm just talking over you. <laughs> just like how I always do. Because I'm gotcha. a rude person and I belong in the bad place. I lose so many points every episode. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Janelle, please talk. <laughs> I was say, and I'm, I'm just like on the edge of my seat to make sure Elizabeth doesn't say anything she shouldn't. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying nothing. Well, here's the reason why I went ahead and looked ahead. I didn't really do that until I was watching the last episode that we could watch for the podcast. And two days ago, I watched the first two episodes. Yesterday, I watched the other eight. I'm not exactly worried about whether I'm going to keep watching the show or not. <laughs> so, yeah. good. well, there's, for our end segment, yeah, I'm going to keep watching. But Awesome. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really spoil anything for myself. The descriptions weren't really that descriptive. It was, I just basically learned that the middle place is a thing. I almost kind of wonder if the middle place is literally just made for her, and she's like the only person there. <laughs> Which would really suck. Does anybody have any final thoughts or comments or... I can't think of anything. I'm also afraid to say anything, so... (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think I got all of my theories out of there, and that was the main thing I cared about, because I was surprisingly dead on with some of them for some other shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to hear your theories. I definitely wanted to hear your theories. Yeah. I mean, they're probably utter bullcrap, but it just seemed weird to me, some of the, some of the things that stuck out. Like, was it just me, or were you guys curious about those things, too? Uh, those specific things? No. Of course. <laughs> I am always oblivious to things so it never occurred to me to search for anything I was just blissfully enjoying the show I think yeah. that's all I'm gonna say yeah I was I was pretty much just kind of along for the ride and I kind of wondered I was more like what's going to happen I was very concerned about how they were gonna write themselves out of this I, mm-hmm. I guess that's a question I have for Janelle is like do you think this has legs like do you think because this is such a specific concept. Like, do you think that it can go from... Like, if season one kind of answers all these questions, do you think this can sustain a season two? I think it can sustain a season two and maybe a season three of a good show. I don't know where it would go or anything. But mm. I can definitely see a season two for sure. Maybe yeah. maybe an abbreviated season three or whatever to keep it as a good show. If it pumps out anything more than that, it, they would have to be, like, super ingenious with what they do. Yeah. Now, I know I'm biased, but they feel like geniuses to me, so I do have faith. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> well, one is they are very specifically doing the 13-episode format. Like, that was part of the agreement with NBC from the very beginning. This wasn't a we're only giving you half a season or whatever because this idea is so conceptualized. Like Mike sure even a, like Mike sure was like, we need it to be the smaller season so that it, it, everything can make sense and whatever. So, and they've kept that in season two. It's a 13 episode season. So like they're, they are like kind of taking care of that in some ways, like, cause this is on broadcast and normally broadcast. If it's a successful show, you're going to have 22 episodes. But they very specifically, like, Mike sure is like, no, like, we need the 13 episode seasons. Mm -hmm. And also because, like, I love Parks and Rec, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I've seen kind of the leaps and jumps, especially in Parks and Rec. Um, And they do this in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm just behind. But, like, they very much, because they would never know for sure if they were coming back in Parks and Rec, they would write as if they weren't coming back, and they would write what they wanted to write and weren't really scared about that, and it led to some awesome and amazing storytelling. And so I think that's kind of Mike Schur's philosophy now. And he hasn't failed me yet. So like I have so much faith in him. And like I'm like I said earlier, like I'm on board for whatever he does. And he has proven himself to me. Like because I do think in other hands this wouldn't work as well. Like and I was like a little where like where's this gonna go after season one? Can this keep going? And I'm just gonna say like so far like I think season two is even better than season one personally. It's so good, and I'm excited to see mm-hmm. where this goes. And like it does seem like a concept that should run out of steam at some point, but I have faith that he he will keep it going until he knows it's not working anymore. And like, it might be five seasons, but I have a feeling he'll be able to revamp and do things like to make it make sense. It is such so smart to only have it for 13 episodes. So that was Mm -hmm. a great choice. And I also just remembered that I'm a huge fan of Demi Digiwebe. First off, 
his name is so much fun to say. Demi <laughs> Dijuibe. Like, it's so much fun. And he, I actually found him as a, uh, he's a podcaster, or he was. Uh, he started the podcast Gilmore Guys with Kevin T. Porter. And he is now writing for The Good Place. And he actually wrote the season finale for season 13. So I'm just, it makes me so happy. Because I also just follow him on yeah, Instagram. That's cool. So he like, you know, he like posts things about, I don't know. It just makes me happy. Yeah. Okay. So Janelle, you've already said you are going to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth already is still watching. Uh, I actually think it might be fun for this show. And we can talk about this like off, whatever. But is once Janelle has watched it all to maybe do like a mini or a shorty and do and do spoiler filled up to a live air date. Because I do think there's a lot of stuff that is revealed that it would be fun to kind of just get everybody's take on where we are. I absolutely agree. Janelle? Yeah, I think that would be really cool. So what are you all obsessed with right now? Okay, uh, I'm going to go first. Because <laughs> I actually have stuff mixed I'm obsessed with this week, besides The Good Place, that Netflix, on Friday the 13th, came out with Mindhunter, which is about the uh, founding of the FBI Behavioral Science Unit, and I love it so much. It's not a documentary, it is like a TV show, but the people that actually founded the Behavioral Science Unit are consulting with the TV show, and it's based off a book that they both wrote, and they... It's so the I'm sorry, I'm gonna just nerd out right now. Uh, the behavioral science unit started with these two guys who ended who wanted to go well wanted. One of them really wanted to, and the other one was like, This is really messed up. Went to violent criminals like serial killers, which they hadn't even come up with that term at the time, to interview them and to see why they committed the crimes that they did so they could start doing criminal profiling. Like, they created that. And it's, like, horrifying and fascinating and also strangely funny at times. Like, so Mm -hmm. I have been watching that with my family, and I just finished it, and it's so good. So upset I have to wait for a season two. What else have I been obsessing over? I feel like there was more, but that's all I got right now. I was just really excited to talk about that. You fi- you finally finished the Kristen Hanna book. Oh, yes. Kim recommended the Kristen Hanna book strongly, strongly recommended Between Sisters, and it was so good, and I cried so hard, and yeah. Yeah, you do that in her book. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good cry. It was like a good... It was worth it. It was not the kind of crying, like, why is this author doing it to me? It was just like, this is so good and so emotional. And it's totally not my genre. It's really, like, I would never have picked it up on my own. So I'm really glad that Kim forcibly recommended the book to me. <laughs> Janelle, what you've been obsessing over? Um, Not really obsessing over much. It's just a lot of little things that I've been watching and and doing that I haven't been able to do in a while. So, like, we we were on vacation last week, and so I got to do a bunch of photography while we were driving through the mountains, and I haven't done that in a while, and so I was, like, taking pictures like a little maniac while we were driving. (laughs) Like, my wrist was cramped up by the time I was done (laughs) because I was holding this big camera. So, there was that, just the activity of photography. And then... I wouldn't say I'm obsessing over, but I am kind of fascinated by this one YouTuber named Alex Steele, who is a blacksmith in England, 
and he's just, he's the quintessential, um, what the internet would call a small bean. Like, he's adorable. He's this weird British guy with poofy hair and glasses, and he just beats the crap out of metal for a living and makes, like, really artistic, like, swords and stuff like that. And it's really freaking cool, and you learn about blacksmithing along the way, like how to make Damascus steel, which is steel that has different shades of gray throughout it, and you can form it in such a way that you can make pictures out of it. So he actually made, like, belt buckles one of which is the American flag, and another is the British flag. And it's like, you look at it, and you don't go, oh yeah, I can see that that's the American... You go, holy crap, that's the American flag on a belt buckle, you know? So it's it's just really cool, and seeing how much hard work he puts into stuff. So, yeah, I guess I'm obsessed with it the more I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it he's, sounds he's a cool. a lot of fun. I ought to mm-hmm. make you guys watch him at some point. He's mm-hmm. He's pretty cool. Kim, what are you obsessing over? This week I've been rewatching some friends just like in the background and whatever. I started like at season five because season five is one of my favorites and watched five and six. And so today before the podcast, I started watching season one. That's kind of been my like when I'm doing other things, the show that I put on in the background right now. Is this your annual rewatch then or? I don't know that I'm going to do a full rewatch. Like, I watched seasons five and... But this is normally how my full rewatch ends up happening, is I get in the mood for it, and I watch, like, seasons five and six, and then I start from the beginning and then just go all the way through. But I really might move on to other things. Like, this morning I didn't want to watch season... Uh, not season, episode 11 of The Good Place, because I wanted to... The last episode I wanted to watch is the last episode we needed to talk about, you know. So I'll probably watch, like, The Good Place this afternoon or whatever. So I don't know for sure that I'll do, like, a full rewatch for Friends right now. But it's definitely, like, been keeping me company. And I don't I don't see me diving into all ten seasons, but who knows. I've also been, like, reading um, a good little bit. And, like, like we mentioned earlier, Kristen Hanna... But so I'd read like four of her books in a month time. And as I mentioned earlier, her books make me cry. So last week I watched This Is Us. And then I was reading a little bit of this, the last Kristen Hanna book I read. And I was like, okay, I can't do this tonight. Too emotional. Like I have to do it tomorrow. So I finished that book like the next day and was like crying the entire time I was reading that book. And then I watched Blackish and cried during that episode. So I was like, I need something like lighthearted and whatever. So then I like texted a bunch of my friends and I was like, I need fun, lighthearted book recs. And um, a friend of mine recommended, where did you go, Bernadette? And so that's what I've been reading this week. And it was really good and was what I needed. It was pretty funny and whatnot. Um, And I've also been listening to Al Franken's book, Al Franken, Giant of the Senate, which I really like, but also slightly makes me angry at the same time. So, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been obsessing over this past week. So, Janelle, what are we watching next time? We're going to watch something that I knew that Elizabeth liked, but I didn't realize just how much she likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to watch the show, the heist show, uh, Leverage. So it's just, it's kind of like going on an Ocean's Eleven adventure every week. And it is available on Netflix. So we'll watch the first five episodes of that since it's an hour long. If you want more I Love It Don't You content, that's at I love it, don't you, dot wordpress.com. 
And you can find us on all the social media platforms as some version of I Love It, Don't You? And if you enjoyed this episode, we really appreciate a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Thanks.